Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. My brand new book, Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth, is now available. So much more than a book, this is a guide that allows me to hold your hand through your birth preparation journey. With over a decade of experience and knowledge packed in to ensure you really are empowered in the way you deserve to achieve a positive birth, regardless of the twists and turns that crop up. Make sure that you get your hands on Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth Book now and are empowered to have the birth experience that you deserve. Hello, I'm Midwife Pip and welcome to the Midwife Pip podcast, the home of honest expert chats. My mission is to provide you with the very best support and information through pregnancy, birth and beyond with my online courses over at midwifepip.com. And as a podcast listener, I'm also offering you an exclusive 15% off all my online courses using code PODCAST15. With no further ado, let's get chatting. This week's episode has a little bit of a different turn. I am joined by the lovely Ivana Poku, who is going to discuss her own personal journey through navigating postnatal depression. Postnatal depression, we know, affects around one in 10 women in the UK, but actually is likely to affect many more, because with most things mental health, we know it is underreported. And it's a subject that we really, really have to start discussing more and lifting the lid on because women should not have to go through postnatal depression alone or suffer in silence. So I am immensely grateful that Ivana has taken some time to come and speak with us today. Ivana is a mum of three boys, including twins. She's a postnatal depression survivor, a blogger, motivational speaker, and an author of her book, Motherhood, the Unspoken. Originally from Slovakia, Ivana moved to England at the age of 29. And after giving birth to her twin boys, she suffered major postnatal depression. But sadly, she soon understood she was not the only one struggling. Even if it doesn't go as far as depression, becoming a mother is nothing like we have ever expected or experienced before. And without relevant information and support, this can easily lead to feelings of failure or inadequacy. After she pulled through postnatal depression, Ivana set up Mum's Journey and has been on the mission to create a world where new mums do not suffer in silence. And you can find Ivana's website and Instagram linked in the episode description. So welcome and the biggest thank you for coming on to share your journey with us today. Hi, Pip. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to, I guess, unpick from the beginning, if, if that's comfortable with you, kind of how how you came into your movement towards mum's journey, I understand, was completely from personal experience. So yeah. take us back, Ivana, to perhaps when you noticed that things weren't as they should be or as you expected them to be. 
Sure. So it's uh, hard to say exactly, but I vividly remember the moment when I first saw my boys, my twin boys, who are now nearly six. And were your twins uh, your first children, Ivana? Yes. yes so you had yes, the twins yes. and then you had a single yeah, twin after. Yeah, yeah. Which didn't help me mental well-being. <laughs> I, can, I can imagine. Oh my gosh. Having had one boy, I don't know how you managed with two without postnatal depression. It's hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was I was really looking forward to the rush of love everyone was talking about. So that I was really surprised when I didn't feel anything special first time I saw them, and that immediately, you know, like triggered feelings of failure. Of course, if you think, oh, everyone is feeling the love, what's wrong with me? Why am not? Am I not feeling this? So that was really, really big for me. And I've, no one had told me this, that this is absolutely, totally normal. Like it is, I know that now. Um, so I felt so bad at, at, in that moment. I remember that, like it was yesterday actually. And then, you know, all these little things came up daily. Like I couldn't breastfeed another thing I thought would happen naturally. Uh, and it didn't. <laughs> It was actually a very, very painful and long experience. Breastfeeding um, is tough, isn't it? And I think that's another thing, oh, yeah. you know, if someone had said to you, you may not feel this immediate rush of love and breastfeeding isn't easy. It might be natural, but it doesn't come naturally to most people. It takes time. And setting mm. up those expectations, it sounds like you were already on, on the back foot a little bit, I guess. Oh, absolutely. And then this, we can get to that later, but this is what creates suffering in silence that it's unspoken. Mm so to speak. So yeah, all these things came up and they built up over time. And then uh, I remember I was set, sitting in on a hospital bed because we stayed with the boys in the hospital for uh, about two weeks because they were you know early and they were too small. So they had to stay uh, in incubators for a while. And then I remember I was sitting on the bed and I was shocked by the feelings I had and the fact that no one talks about it. I was really, I was, I just couldn't comprehend. Like, how come that that no one speaks about this? I just couldn't, I couldn't, my, my brain wasn't able to actually understand that because I attended some, you know, like prenatal classes, I read books, I, I just couldn't comprehend. And I knew immediately it was a no brainer that I need to make this general knowledge in the world. I know it's it's you know it's it's a long journey. You can't just uh, achieve that overnight. But I I'm unstoppable now, so I'll do anything I can to make this general knowledge in the world. A woman on a mission. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So yeah, you and you just alluded to that, and I think we just need to discuss that a little bit more, if if possible. That. That rush of, of love, because it is something we see, whenever we, I think whenever we see it, an image of a new mum or that moment of birth, it's very much, you know, encompassed around women feeling that immediate rush of love, isn't it? There's smiles, mm-hmm. there's that power, but for loads of women, like, like you experienced, that just isn't the case. And that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have postnatal depression because you haven't felt that immediate, you know, rush of love. For a lot of people that comes days, weeks, months down the line. And I think we need to normalise that, don't we? And actually stop that being a taboo. It's almost like women feel embarrassed or like there's something wrong with them Mm -hmm. if they don't feel that. But actually birth is such a massive event. Often women are 
perhaps feeling nauseous when they've just given birth. They're absolutely exhausted. You know, they've gone through this massive hormonal, physical, psychological turmoil. So it's very normal that actually that takes a little bit of time. Oh, absolutely. It's like with any change in life. Now, it takes time. If, I don't know about you, but I was really um, sad. I can, I can say when I moved out of my mother's place and I started to live on my own, I couldn't get used to that. It took me a while. And that was such a small change compared to being a mom. So it's like any other change, except this is the biggest change probably ever. So it also takes some time to, to adjust to everything. Yeah, 100%. And I think adjust overnight is not possible. Yeah, I, oh, absolutely. I take, and even though you sort of feel like you're preparing for that in pregnancy, until that moment comes, you just don't feel that overwhelming responsibility, I guess, and a bit yeah. of a pressure for this ne- yeah. ne- this kind of next step. It almost doesn't feel real until it's happening. Yeah. I just, I just wonder as well, Ivana, when, what were the kind of, were there any sort of following on kind of symptoms or suspicions that you had that perhaps your mental well-being wasn't as it should be? So this is the fun, funny thing, except it's not really funny. <laughs> that uh, with, <laughs> with depression or any other, I think, mental health issue, you don't know, depression probably in particular, you don't know when you have it. Mm. So I had no idea it was postnatal depression until after I overcame it. So you, you just feel like a complete failure. And that's it. You, mm. I was personally, I was convinced that my family would have been better off without me. And that was the deep feeling I had. Uh, it didn't even occur to me I had depression. And that makes it very dangerous because you can't recognize it. Really dangerous and really, really sad because you know you want to be treasuring your, your time as a new mum. Babies grow so fast. So to, to have that, I guess, almost stolen away from you because of postnatal depression and then to not have been able to seek the help because you just didn't recognise it mm. is really, really hard. And I think that's why why you, your mission is what it is and rightly so, to get that message out there so that that's mm. the experience you had isn't, isn't the same for others. Did anyone around you sort of um, have any concerns about your mental health? Did sort of, I don't know, your partner, friends or family, mm. did, did anyone say anything to you? So the only person who knew how I felt was my husband. But I think he was very supportive. I don't know if I would have been here today if, if it wasn't for him. Wow. But I think he's, he too didn't recognize it was depression. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he encouraged me to speak to my family, to my friends, to seek excuse me, uh, professional support, which I did, and they gave me antidepressants, but I felt ashamed to take them. I felt like I'm, I was a horrible mom who needs antidepressants, what's wrong with me? I don't need them, yeah, that sort of thing. Mm. So I didn't take them uh, initially. So I did have support, but the, the thing that you don't know, you're suffering an illness and more, more importantly, perhaps, that it's very, very common because with depression, postnatal depression, you feel like you're the only one. You feel like there's something wrong with me. Hmm. So, yeah, it's very, very hard to recognize it. But yeah, I had, I had the support, but I didn't use it, I'd say. I had to reach, hit rock bottom to, to reach out. And isn't it really sad that you not only had to get so low before you accepted that help because of fear of stigma... Um, and judgment but also that you had to reach out for the help you know yeah. no one was coming to you saying actually you know this is a concern actually this is how common it is 
and actually sat down and reassured you. And do you think, looking back, if we could put you back in the, that situation, do you think if someone had sat down with you and explained, perhaps an outsider, someone who wasn't emotionally connected to, to the situation you were going through, but do you think if they sat down with you at that point and explained what postnatal depression was, how common it was, reassured you that it wasn't a failing of you in any way, but it was this hormonal balance, it was out of your control, and then offered you the help, do you think you would have accepted it sooner? Mm, yeah, but it would need to go really deep, I think, because we all had theoretical knowledge about postnatal depression, but I think it's the understanding how it really feels mm. and how common it is. So maybe hearing other stories would have helped. Um, and also knowing this beforehand, before giving birth, that would have been a deal breaker. Yeah. Um, I was going to say something I forgot. Sorry, maybe it will come back. But yeah, it would have. But I think that the key is to make this general knowledge, how a mom would feel or will feel like they know that the birth will hurt, you know. So you're not shocked when you have like painful birth. You're not shocked and you don't feel like, oh, what's wrong with me? I had painful birth. So it, this is the key. This is the way forward, I think. Yeah, so realistic expectations. So things like, you yeah. know, it's normal for a baby not to sleep through the night. It doesn't yeah. mean there's a problem, but sleep deprivation is yeah. tough, isn't it? Like without taking mental health away from it for a moment, just navigating that is a challenge. Breastfeeding yeah. isn't isn't easy. It's, it's natural, but it isn't straightforward. And I think the more women can share their real experiences and we mm. move away from glamorized imagery of motherhood and birth, um, and pregnancy, I suppose, to some degree as well. Yeah, yeah. And we keep things real and honest. And I think yeah. that's just so important, Absolutely. isn't it? Absolutely. And that you don't enjoy motherhood all the time, that you regret, you know, especially in the first months, first weeks, I suppose, you regret the decision to have children. You have all these intrusive thoughts and you, you feel so bad about them, but they are very normal and everyone has them. Mm. Actually, I read this research yesterday a new research that says that 50% of new moms have uh, thoughts of kill harming their children. Wow. 50%, yeah. So it's so normal and it's so understandable that you have these thoughts. Your hormones are all over the place. You're going through massive change. So it would be a miracle if you didn't have these thoughts and feelings. Yeah, definitely. So how late was it down the line, Ivana, that you eventually did accept help or recognize that actually what you're going through was postnatal depression and, and wasn't something just to sort of bury away or try and live with I don't think I, there was like a specific moment when I realized it was depression it wasn't really important to be honest the, the recognition it was important to understand that I was not alone and it was all right mm. uh, that made the change so I I broke down in front of my friend, basically. You know, you can hide your feelings for as long, but, you know, eventually, they, you know, you break down. Mm -hmm. So she she saw me crying. Uh, and yeah, she, she knew. She saw me, so there was no way to hide anything anymore. So I spoke up for the first time uh, eight months after the boys were born. And that was the, that was the change. That's when the change happened. And I understood, oh, actually, she does, she's not judging me. And that felt so freeing, you can imagine, after yeah. eight months of, you know, uh, 
being quiet. And then I spoke to more and more people and more moms came to me and said, oh, this is how I feel as well. So new whole new world opened in front of me. Moms, I thought they were fine. They were not. So I felt, what is the opposite of not, of not alone? <laughs> I guess, I guess it was community, before. wasn't it? Like bringing that yeah. community was, yeah. was game changing for you. I, I always say, you know, like motherhood wasn't meant to be done alone, was it? But we've moved, we've moved away from kind of back in a few generations back where families lived in the same village. They supported each other. They rallied round. We live in such a different world now where, you know, are your, are your family back in Slovakia, Ivana? Are you here? Yes, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know, we've all traveled, you know, globally. We're separated from that support network. Mm. And then we feel like we have to do it on our own. And I think that must contribute to issues in maternal mental health because we just haven't got that support around us anymore. The NHS is stretched to, you know, mm. within its lifespan and therefore you're not getting the support from professionals either that, that you really do need. And postnatal care needs so much work. So, so, so much work. It's so neglected. Um, and all of those things together, it is no wonder we are seeing so many women struggling. <laughs> We're just taking a quick pause from this episode so that I can share with you a brand that I know you're going to love as much as I do. My Little Finley is growing up fast and is almost on the move, which means it's now time to start making our home safe for him. Did you know that every single week, at least one child under five years of age dies in an accident? 75% of which happen in their own home. I think this is terrifying. And this is why the team at Cheeky Rascals offer a variety of products that not only help make parents' lives easier, but are also the safest on the market, including brands like Love to Dream, Rocket, and the Fred Baby Proofing Safety Range, which has everything you need to keep your little ones safe and your mind at ease. I want to support you to make your home safer for your little one and prevent them coming to any harm. So Cheeky Rascals are sponsoring this podcast and offering you 15% off Fred safety products using the code midwifepip15. Absolutely. This is what I always say that exactly like you said, I couldn't say it better that Back in the day, no, they they spent time together. They babysat for each other, took each other's children out. We always spent, I don't know, free time with our neighbors, uh, or our parents' friends. That was so normal. And now, a mom is alone. She's lonely. So that yeah, that doesn't help. And I always suggest or advise new moms to create a community in their area and just be there for each other. Hundred percent. And loneliness. That's. That's something that I remember saying about when I was sort of sat at home with Finley and, and I didn't suffer postnatal depression, but I did feel lonely. And I think it's important we recognise how loneliness as a new mum as well can feel quite normal, is, mm-hmm. is so normal and an emotion yeah. that so many people feel. Um, yeah. And it surprised me that feeling of loneliness because I thought, you know, my family aren't as far away as yours, but they are a few hours away. So they're not nearby. Mm-hmm. I've got a fantastic network of friends and my husband's amazing. 
But you are spending a lot of your time being needed by somebody all of the time, Mm -hmm. which is completely new. Um, And I think especially when you're breastfeeding, you know, there is no one else that can do that. It's a lot of pressure Mm -hmm. on you. And I did feel like, although I've got someone with me all the time in terms of my little Finley, I do feel the loneliest I've ever felt. And I think we need to normalize those kind of feelings as well so that women realize that that that's okay and something we can talk about. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Yep. I recently started a WhatsApp group for new moms where because I missed you have lots of local groups, in-person groups. Yeah. But I missed something online as well and worldwide. So moms are not linked to like, oh, I have to live here to join some nice group, uh, etc. So yeah, I started a WhatsApp group and it's such a lovely group of moms who support each other. So and that makes such a big difference in the way they feel. I hope anyway. <laughs> it looks like it. <laughs> And yeah, it makes such a big difference, huge difference in the way we feel. Mm-hmm. Especially at three in the morning, you know, you can't leave and go to a mum's coffee, yeah. coffee oh, morning at 3am. That that's, that's the best point, yeah. But yeah. having someone Absolutely. that you can message, because oh, those yeah. those times are dark, aren't they? Like in the middle of the night, you're <laughs> absolutely exhausted. You can't rationalise your thoughts and feelings in those early weeks because you are so sleep deprived. So I think having someone at the end of the phone that's going through the same is invaluable. Absolutely. It can make, it can save someone's life. I know it sounds maybe ridiculous, but just to, you know, be there for someone, show them some support, it can be life-changing for someone, mm. life-saving even. I, I totally, totally agree. It's, it's, support is just so under, undervalued, I think. It's so powerful. Can I take you back, Ivana, to that conversation you had with your friend about eight months after you had your twins? Is there any of that conversation that you could kind of share share with us what helped her recognize that you needed help what did you tell her so yeah like I said she saw me crying and then she didn't even have to ask anything but I started to talk about how I felt and how hard it was and how I couldn't cope how I hated motherhood and I just you know I was in a very very bad place and she didn't have to ask me anything really she she said what a good friend would have said, I suppose. She wasn't a mom herself at the time. That might have helped even more because I thought I would be judged mm. by non-parents, especially. But given she wasn't a mom and she was very supportive, she said, if you ever need a break, just let me know. I'm here for you. We can go, you know, for a day out London or wherever you you want or need. Just tell me and I'll support you. And then my husband took the, he came home later and he took the boys and he said, you two go out for a drink. And I just talked and she listened. I, I think that helped as well that she didn't, you know, flood me with advice. Yeah. <laughs> she was there listening and showing support. And that, oh, that was like, a huge weight lifted off my shoulders at the time. And I think that's important is that for anyone listening who perhaps isn't the postnatal depression sufferer, but perhaps mm. has got a friend or 
a family member who they're suspecting may have postnatal depression or are supporting through them, listening is enough, right? You aren't the person that's going to fix it, but you can yeah. be that stepping stone that helps that person get exactly. get to a place where they are fixed. Yes, absolutely. And uh, so it, it went again, sorry. Yes, so you summed it up perfectly, basically, mm-hmm. yeah listening yeah so powerful and then you went on to have another baby Ivana how did you how did you feel in that pregnancy were you you worried about how your mental health might be affected oh yes of course (laughs) I was so worried but I knew what I needed to do should that happen again Uh, and I experienced baby blues this time so I was crying in the first weeks I didn't bond with the baby right away but it was quite quick compared to the twins, uh, but I was, I just talked about it with anyone, yeah. even strangers on the street, or, you know, if they asked me how I was, I, just, I was honest, open, when I was, for instance, crying at home, just for no reason, uh, and my parents called me, I didn't decline the call like I would have before I answered and I said I'm you know I'm not feeling well and they were just there listening and that helped as well that I didn't hide one percent of my feelings from anyone mm-hmm. and yeah I had a community so yeah it uh, all these feelings went after a few weeks they didn't grow into anything bigger what, what I mean what a relief and I think that's really reassuring for women to have hear to hear who have had postnatal depression previously no. because of course you're so concerned about it happening again and do you think that's because you just took that pressure off yourself you were like do you know what I might not love it I'm gonna need help let's just embrace let's embrace that and, and roll with it yeah it's hard to say of course what you know helped 100% but I definitely think this and plus the fact that it wasn't new it I didn't go through the initial shock yeah. as a first-time mom. You know, my life didn't change drastically. Uh, but what surprised me with the second uh, or third child in our case is the guilt I felt for not spending that much time with the older kids. And that's something I wasn't prepared for, yeah. that I would feel guilty. And I was obsessed about spending time with the older boys for some time. I was obsessed. I couldn't miss one minute. Yeah, and of course, all these emotions settled over time. So that's another thing (laughs) we prepared me for. Yeah, but again, another another normal emotion that parents will feel, you know, and another thing we need to talk about more. And what I think is really interesting in your second pregnancy was your expectations were so much more realistic and so much more aligned, Mm. weren't they? You know, you knew that you didn't feel that immediate burst of love, but you knew it would come. And I think just take no, knowing what the next stage is going to be and knowing what's normal is just so helpful, isn't it? And we just really need to get out, get that out there more, which is why yeah. your work is so important. Absolutely. I wish everyone had felt the same like I did this time around. Uh, so when I now share with someone how happy I am, it's so nice to actually feel it, <laughs> to not pretend it anymore. Yeah, yeah. So oh, I definitely. think this is my reward after the hell I went through. Oh my gosh, you definitely, you definitely, and the work that you're doing to support other women as well, you definitely deserve it. Now talk to me about your recovery. So you had this, this moment with your friend, which sounds like it was really, really, I suppose, life-saving for you. And I know we've mentioned that before, but it sounds like you really were going down a path of quite severe postnatal depression, perhaps even going to border into a psychotic, psychotic state Mm. with, with the thoughts and feelings that you were having that were, by the sounds of things, quite intrusive at that point. 
what you kind of had the, had this this moment, I guess, this realization and this weight lifted. What did your recovery then look like moving forwards? Speaking about it was the best medication I, I would have said. Mm. Uh, yes, uh, of course, I started to take antidepressants regularly. Yeah, finally, yeah, actually taking them, and and I think that's an important yeah. point, isn't it? That stigma around taking medication, but actually, you know. Absolutely. It's, you know what? I, I would have, I would say they don't heal, they don't cure depression, but they allow you to function yeah. so that they so that you can heal. That makes yeah. sense. They're yeah. part part of a, I guess, part of the package to recovery, aren't they? On their yeah. own, they're they're going to make you feel better temporarily, but you yeah. need to then go down that talking therapy, Absolutely. unpicking things. Um, but they're a, a really important part, and they're definitely not something that women should feel any stigma or judgment about taking. Yes, absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's a part of the package, like you said. So that ha- allowed me to function because before I was just crying, 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 mm-hmm. couldn't do much. So I stopped crying finally. <laughs> that was a huge step as well. And yeah, I think talking about it with other moms that was that was massive for me. And seeing that moms I used I spent time with before. I, and I've thought, oh, they are so together. They have it all. And I learned, oh, my God, some of them were in in an even worse place than me. Mm. That yeah. made a huge, huge difference. That's really interesting, isn't it? And that's where I think we all really need to be accountable for what we share. So I'm very mm. conscious that having a presence as a mum on social media, that it's real and that it's not glamorized images. Because yeah. like you say, I think that's really damaging and dangerous. And social media is an incredible place for getting loads of information and support, but it can also be a really dangerous place if, like you say, you oh, believe yeah. this perfect little little square image and actually behind the scenes, you have no idea what's yeah. going on. Mm, and I yep. think that's a really important point. Thank you. Yeah, I, I too uh, shared happy pictures at the time when I was struggling. Yeah. Because you want other people to see you as the perfect mom, perhaps. But on the other side, on the other hand, I mean, when you see these perfect pictures, you do have to be realistic about how you perceive them. Because just because we share happy moments only, it doesn't mean that they're not real. It's just we don't share everything. It's not the whole picture that you see on social media. It's just a part of the whole picture, part of the puzzle. And that's why there's so much pressure in comparison, isn't there? And I think motherhood Mm. is probably the worst time to compare yourself to others but we all do it I've definitely been guilty of it and I get women reach out to me and say you know how's Finley sleeping through the night and I'm like Finley's never slept through the night what on earth given you that impression like we are almost seven months down the line that doesn't happen but people just just feel like if if there's if their little motherhood bubble isn't perfect they must be doing something wrong but in reality there is no perfect motherhood bubble is there And there is really not much judgment as well when you think about it. It's in our head. We've perceived it, right? We've yeah, perceived yeah, people yeah. judging us, and actually, they're yeah. like, you know, you're just in the asking same boat. questions. Like, yeah. is, is he sleeping through? And you say no, but he's just asking. They, they're wondering, yeah. but you see, oh my god, they're judging me. So, yeah, that yeah. can be another side of the of the coin. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, it's it's such an interesting one. So, did you, if you don't mind me asking, Ivana? Prior to children, did you have a history of mental health conditions or depression or was this a completely new thing for you? 
you know what? Not long before that, I went through a bad divorce, mm-hmm. and that triggered anxiety. Sorry, something I had never had before. So I had a bit of that, but not depression. No, no. And I think that's that's really interesting because we know that women who've had pre-existing mental health conditions are at a slightly increased risk of developing postnatal yes. depression. Yes. But that's not to say if you've had a pre-existing condition, that's it, you are doomed, you're definitely going to get postnatal depression. Yeah. That's just not the case. So sitting where you are now, all these years sort of, sort of down, down the line, do you feel completely recovered and completely free from postnatal depression? Or do you think it's something you're going to have to continue to work with? I think it's always a part of you, isn't it? It's, um, but it's not the bad thing because it, you know, helps you to be who you are. And I know from professionals, medical professionals, that once you have it, it can always come back. Yeah. But like you just said, it can, you know, happen to anyone. So uh, it's a tough one, isn't it? It is. And I always um, try and encourage, I mean, anyone, but but women and especially women with children that are juggling everything you juggle as a mother, um, that we we recognise, I think, as society that our physical health requires daily maintenance. We know if we eat all of our vegetables today, that doesn't do us for the year, right? We know that we need to continue to eat our vegetables and, and exercise and drink water, etc. And our mental health is the same. And I think we need to start recognising our mental health as an equal to our physical health you know it also needs daily work and daily maintenance and and triggering and finding what those things are for you that for your mental health that are the equivalent of eating vegetables for your physical health and then implementing them daily so whether it is you know five minutes of mindfulness getting outdoors for some fresh air having a warm bath talking to your friends journaling whatever that thing is for you that helps you to really keep a check on your mental health that needs to be a daily priority right yeah oh absolutely I love the analogy and I, I was just thinking as I was listening to why is that not the case why is you know mental uh, mental health always like neglected maybe it's because it's invisible and we want other people to see things rather than you know it's connected with the ego thing I think I don't I don't know it's just yeah what came to mind when yeah when you were listening to it I agree when yeah. I, was is listening it, to you, sorry. I agree yeah. is it is it that kind of I don't I mean perhaps a little bit of the word vanity comes to mind you know we want people to think that everything's glowing and and yeah. great and we yeah. can buy new clothes and disguise yeah. what's going on in our minds perhaps perhaps yeah. you're right and and perhaps social media and cameras and videos and all of that kind of stuff has has added to that over the years and meant that we yeah. are therefore sort of putting our mental health to the back because other people don't see it you know it's only yeah, yeah. if I'm happy like who will uh, admire me for that no one yeah <laughs> as horrible as it sounds <laughs> no I, t- I think that's a really valid point now Ivana I've loved I've loved talking to you and I really hope this has helped so many others that perhaps are you know concerned about this or going through it and I wonder if you could just share three top tips for us. I'm putting you on the spot here a little bit. Um, three top tips for someone who is concerned or experiencing postnatal depression. So my number one tip is don't overthink this because I met so many moms who, and I can see it in Facebook groups as well. Uh, they describe their symptoms and they're asking, well, do you think I have postnatal depression? But I always say, it doesn't matter. As long as you feel something is not right, mm. it doesn't matter if it's anxiety, depression, or nothing at all, just seek help. 
and talk. Yeah? But I know it can be very hard to talk to a professional, by the way. A stranger, basically, you don't know. Uh, that's another thing that you know could change in terms of support. Like I, I was given so many phone numbers when I was discharged, or oh, call this, call this, call this number if you feel. But I've never would have called these numbers because I don't know these people, and I feel ashamed to even talk to my husband. So it's the last thing I would have done, you know, talking to a stranger, yeah. even though they're professionals. If you're struggling, you just very unlikely to do that. So I always uh, suggest to talk to someone you trust and someone who you know will understand because if you choose the wrong person to talk to, that can also be damaging to you. People who would be like, oh, don't worry, snap out of it or this kind of advice that can you know, take you to an even worse place. So choose someone you trust and talk to them if you don't feel comfortable talking to a professional. And like you said that before, that it can lead to further steps to seek that professional help or someone can take you there. Uh, I lost count of how many tips did I have already? To, <laughs> like, so yeah, to be one, honest, one I think that was, yeah, really, really powerful, Vana. And I think that's, mm. I think if, any, if to take home anything from our chat today, I feel like talking and listening is probably the, the key one, isn't it? Yes, talking is the key. It, it's a life-saving. Uh, take it from me. Yeah. <laughs> I know what I'm talking L- about. <laughs> you do, you do. And, and Ivana, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your experience. It was really, really, really powerful. And I think it'll be a massive support and help to so many people listening. Um, as I said, Ivana's links and book are linked in the episode description. So please do check those out. And if you are concerned that you may be experiencing postnatal depression, then absolutely please speak up and seek medical support as soon as possible. We know that the sooner we can recognise and treat postnatal depression, the better the outcomes for mums and babies. Um, and a big thank you from one mum to another for all the work that you're doing to support women out there, Ivana. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so very much. And that's it for another episode. I hope you enjoyed listening. Remember, you can use your exclusive discount code PODCAST15 on all my online courses. And why not check out my free mini course while you're there too? If you enjoyed listening to this episode, remember to hit subscribe so you're the first to hear about all the upcoming chats too. And I'd be immensely grateful if you could take a couple of minutes to leave me a quick podcast review too. I look forward to speaking to you again very soon. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel-Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.